0: Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language, while they promise Leap out all the worst words it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying and now with no further ado here's joel and ryan hello 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 dear
1: listener welcome 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 number one welcome number two now this is welcome number three as we review the many 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 wonderful films of 2021 and i'm using wonderful i'm gonna go ahead do finger quotes around wonderful because not all of them are but that's okay that's why you listen to us
2: can't all be welcome wonderful. to the movie show you know yeah, what is wonderful show? Show. what is wonderful ryan the new opening graphics on our show—pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah, I was. I'm so happy you like them.
2: They're pretty cool. Uh, I well, mean, we... I part of me misses randomly floating through explosion space, <laughs> but the, yeah. the part of me who really wants an awesome, classy intro, like at least for a while here, is totally getting his wish, and that's you know.
1: Cool. See you know season five. Got to got to change it up a little bit, and I think yeah. I think we've I, we you know we have made it through. We're we're well into the hundos of numbers of episodes. Um, you know we we deserve we deserve to have uh, a nice classy intro, yeah. classy AF. Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. I am Joel,
2: and I'm Ryan.
1: And uh, yeah, once again, we are going to continue. This, of course, is the podcast where you go to find out hey, what movies have Liam, has Liam Neeson done this year? Um, and uh, and we will get to that uh, in short order. Mm. But yeah, um, no, uh, let's see. You know, I we didn't even talk about this before. Anything we need to talk about before we dive right into the list? I don't even think so. I think we can just jump right on
2: in. I watched uh, Joel Schumacher's film of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera last night. That's pretty
1: good. Uh, uh, Voluntarily or did you lose a bet?
2: That was pretty good. I mean, as far as movie musicals that we've gotten, especially the. I don't want to lump all movie musicals together, but the, the movie musicals. First of all, musicals from that late 80s, early 90s era are are very cinematic in their the way they're written and portrayed, the ones that came from mostly Britain and France, yeah. They're based on literature or they're adapted from, you know, these operas or whatever. They're they're these big, expansive things. And they made generally for pretty poor movies. And I think that that was, which is weird because they feel when you're listening to them, even when you're watching them on stage, you're like, well, this would make a good movie. I mean, Phantom of the Opera really should. I don't know that it's, it's not like some great movie, but um, it it's it's a lot of really cool things that in it that I forgot about. I mean, it's just, it's really, really lovely. It's an incredibly well designed thing. It does a very good job of making the most of inner cutting and things that you can't do with a stage show. Um, the thing that I think I was most down about when I first saw it was uh, despite the fact that, that the. The well, okay. The thing you're reminded of when you watch it is, you know, it's Patrick Wilson and Emmy Rossum sound really, really good. Emmy's when when she goes super mm-hmm. like opera diva. Her, her her she's kind of replaced with somebody every once in a while. Minnie Driver is completely lip syncing essentially when she's singing. She, yep. and, and Minnie Driver's one of the best singers in the cast. You just you. only certain kinds of people can really sing like that. It's not something you can really think
1: it's yeah. She's, she's a very good singer. It's just, that's not her style. So
2: I don't hold that against her. And in in a really cool way, they, they let her sing the closing theme song, which is this lovely little song, not Mm -hmm. even from her character's perspective, but just to have Minnie allowed to have her really kind of lovely pop voice part of the show, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, -hmm. Gerard Butler though, man, he's never sang before in any way. And he's got a decent enough voice, but it just it, the Phantom part is a lot to ask of somebody who is just doing this for the first time. It really it's a lot to ask of anybody to be honest. Yeah. yeah. He he can he can do it. So they didn't cast somebody incapable of it. They just they cast somebody who doesn't sell us doesn't hasn't sold a song like in a professional way or in a setting like it's you could just feel that it's that even though the performance is there from a decent enough actor the the vocal part of it which really is 80 Mm percent of it isn't Mm -hmm. there so that was a bummer but it's not a deal breaker because it's it 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 gets you there it's he doesn't have a crappy voice or anything um but it's all the stuff that happens under the opera house all the mysterious stuff um it's all so well lit and it all feels so small and stagey i w- i felt like i felt like that stuff really let me down even though i liked the way it's designed and lit i like the colors like it's just such a gorgeous movie that part i must have known it the way it segues back and mm-hmm. between the past and the distant past and the black and white and and, and the, the and the colors and stuff and the warmth of the the all the natural lighting in it like it's really a lovely film so I w- it's much better than I remember mm. even though it's and it, it you know you compare it to something like Les Mis which is all basically shot in medium shots so that they can get the singing in it. We've talked about that before, like that's the miracle of it. And it's also it's totally its downfall. Uh lay is a, a big expansive story and when you have to be close on everybody all the time, you you lose something of that, the the world of the thing. When you when you right. see somebody and it's I don't how many How many weepy monologues, even the villain has one in Les Mis, right? Where when Mm -hmm. you're watching the show on Broadway, it's a three-hour and 15-minute show or whatever. It's just a person on stage, on an empty stage. It's actually a really powerful thing. And it happens many, 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 many times. And I get that you can't do them all like that. But Les Mis doesn't even have a sense of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, even in, even in like on my own or something where it's this this story of this kid wandering through this lovelorn girl wandering through the city uh, Paris at night you know it, it, all it is in the movie it's the actor uh, with her back against a brick wall <laughs> and that's the whole song and i'm just like <laughs> god that's really mm-hmm. disappointing you know it really that's, that's I mean that's not enough that stops the show in a way that you never really feel like when you watch the show and phantom right. phantom because it's traditional it's lip synced it's edited like crazy there's almost no long continuous shots or anything even even the kiss at the end of all i ask of you i counted there were like nine cuts during the kiss <laughs> sure. so they had all these uh, you know dozen setups to do that and if you read the trivia on the movie it's like yeah, they were. They literally had first aid people working on their lips and stuff so that they could do that for three days and not <laughs> not have ill physical effects. Yeah. But
1: oh man, but yeah. that. Well,
2: you know. But for better or worse, even if you don't like that style, that is cinematic. That is something you can experience yeah. on stage. So they get. All I ask of you, right? And they get wishing you were somehow here again, right? And they get notes, which is the best stuff in it, and prima donna and the, the masquerade, like that's masquerade.
1: You know, masquerade's got to be massive, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, and you're right. I mean, you know, it's it's in the especially in the musical theater community. That's you know one of the things that is always is always talked about is, you know, when when it's like, well, you got to get musical theater people to do these, do these movies. But it's, and it's that, it's that, are you filming the musical? Mm -hmm. You know, like what they, what, like what Disney was able to do with Hamilton Mm -hmm. where, you know, or, you know, one of those Lincoln center library archival, but some, you know, they use some editing and stuff, but they, it's mostly, you know, it's all done live. Sure. Um, <clears throat> or do you take advantage of the fact that this is a different medium and make it a movie make it you know and capture it cinematically and you know i, I and and that's the debate Les is chose to do it tr- tried to have it both ways and that's where you know and it's what made it fall short um I th- so. really
2: think so with that one. Cause it's, you know, it starts with them p- pulling the hull of that ship out of the ocean. And you're like, Whoa, here we go. Yeah. Like, this is going to be, this is really going to be a movie. And it ends up kind of not being one. Like I said, I feel like Les Mis suffers because all the singing was done on set and all the voice vocalizations that you're hearing are happening in the shot. That's taking place on screen. Like that's, revolutionary the musicals just mm-hmm. aren't made that way ever in in cinema so yeah. but it limits you you can't be julie andrews spinning around at the top of a bluff in, in austria if you have to actually be singing and that actually is going to be recorded at the time there'd be four booms in the shot there'd be a bunch of little crew running around it limits yeah. you as to what you can do from a cinema standpoint and you'd be-
1: and you'd have all the you'd have all the you know background noise you'd have the wind you'd have all the you know it, everything it,
2: you'd have to fight yeah. with like it, it that's just an example of you flat that's yep. iconic musical theater cinema and you flat out couldn't do it if you wanted to do it the way they did lame is so mm-hmm. it, it limited that production and and i admire it but i i got very bored with it very very quickly and yep. looking back on phantom it's not some masterpiece or anything I mean it's Joel Schumacher it's it's yeah. it's phantom right it's it's already this sort of super hyper commercialized piece of musical theater but it, it it's not bad I mean it really it really overcomes a lot of the challenges that they're struggling to do in similar pieces from the same era you know. Yep. And, and I'm pretty, impressed. you know, I'm not even bringing like cats into it or something like that. Right. There's some cats uh, in fan. I good. thought that was a fun shout out. During Masquerade, there's like three, it's, there's like four of them on this little landing on the top of some stairs. Oh, from,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. And I they do that now. They quick
2: do the little, you know, Broadway <laughs> cat's pose, you know. mm mm-hmm. Yep. Cute. I thought that was funny. <laughs> there are no trains uh, on roller skates that show up, though. You'll be happy to hear. No,
1: that. no, there's no, and I don't believe anybody is in a Technicolor dream coat. Um, no. In
2: 1986, no. man, when I saw that Starlight Express, that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, here's the, this is the future of musical theater, right here, baby.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, that, this you is, were not the only one to, this is to like, think that. That's, this is. The songs are stupid, but but every once in a while there's a good one, and mm-hmm. and the I mean ah, these guys are like they're roller skating like right by you, you know they're going up and behind you and stuff. I was, I couldn't believe it. I was like wow. Now I've hardened up to that a little bit, but I, I I know that I know that there are some kids out there that had a sort of magical experience with that.
1: Oh yeah. I mean there's I mean there's a there was a lot of people that 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 felt that way. They thought, oh my god, this is he did he did it again. He made us believe that cats could sing. Now he's making yeah. us believe that the trains can, have personalities. Can and... Have personalities. Yeah. Um uh all right, let's let's jump in. Let's jump into our uh, our continuing review of 2021. Um Let's start with the title of Franchise (laughs) Non-Restarters, which is a great, uh, great little headline there. Uh, First up, we have um, uh, Spider-Man, not Spider-Man, Tom Holland in Chaos Walking, I guess, and and, uh, Ray Skywalker, not Ray Skywalker. That's Uh, right yeah star wars and spider-man hanging out together in a doug lyman film
2: okay yeah um, doug lyman you know who's made some good stuff most recently his best best movie was the edge of tomorrow or like yeah die repeat the live or, die
1: repeat whatever yeah
2: or um what's the name of the graphic novel all you need is death or something or all you need is Oh, I don't
1: I don't know that one.
2: Well, it's uh... it's a name that is so non hit movie named that that is why you have these attempts to rename it all these weird generic things. Um, but Doug Lyman you know, made the first born movie made Mr. And Mrs Smith. He's a very accomplished action director. Uh, go ahead. What's the name of it? all you need is kill all you need is kill right that wouldn't that wouldn't have that, that doesn't fly <laughs> that, that doesn't no. fly in hollywood
0: son <laughs> um <laughs> oh, so now nobody it, knows
2: what it's called thanks for that <laughs> yeah but that either way uh, uh yeah. difficulties with the name or not that's a fantastic film a really clever story and really really well told Uh, using all the tools that the, the big budget cinema that that are at its disposal. And he's so he's a good one. He he's made some crap movies too, but he just, he can't just dismiss him when his name shows up on something and chaos. What's it called? Chaos, chaos, walking, walking. That's a pro. I was going to say rising, but walking is much more appropriate. Chaos <laughs> moseying about for an hour and forty five minutes would be a nice title for it.
1: Chaos saunter.
2: It just—it's amazing. I mean, it does have Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley in it, and so you really feel like at some point it's going to like take off, and they're going to start doing stuff, right? And it's just kind of—it's just—it's so dull and stupid. It really is like a two thousand four era sci fi channel pilot that was not good enough to become a series. That's what it feels mm-hmm. like. And mm-hmm. I know that the books, like they always are, you know, they they typically don't make it this far if they don't have a good reputation. But if there was world building or some sort of mythological thing that the story is trying to set up, I mean, it might be there, but I, I missed it. And um, I can't remember, Tom, both Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley had to turn down really cool movies because they were doing reshoots on this turd. And this thing never even I mean, it never even got to theaters really in a conventional way. It is like a Lionsgate straight to video deal. Mm. You know, it, it had a theatrical run, but not 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 one that had any belief behind it by the studio at all. And uh it's... Just real quick,
1: uh, the plot line of it, uh, two unlikely companions embark on a perilous adventure through the badlands of an unexplored planet as they try to escape a dangerous and disorienting reality where all thoughts are seen and heard by everyone.
2: Okay, that's the gimmick, is that if it, it, the, everyone can hear each other's inner dialogue, and if you, you are someone who can hide that from others, you're a special person. Hmm. The badlands of a planet. If you mean the Pacific Northwest, then <laughs> sure. You know, it's just like what? What are you even talking about? Like, you can't say that's what it is and then just completely yeah. not deliver on that. This is a.
1: They could have. This is a shot have, have... just
2: outside of Vancouver. Thing. It's all the yeah. same locations you saw. Battlestar Galactica use for every planet they landed on. That all looked exactly the same. It's just like you. I. I'm not against. Shooting in Vancouver or whatever, but you, that, that, the woods outside of Vancouver have a very specific look to it. And if you're going to try and convince me that's the Badlands, I mean, I just. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, I was going to say, they're they're unexplored planet Portland. Yeah, I mean,
2: (laughs) I'm glad you got a tax break from shooting there, but it, 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 uh, it's, it, it just doesn't get there in any way, shape, or form. It's not. Some piece of garbage, you know, people are ripping on it for being terrible. I guess it is terrible because, because I can't, I mean, anything where you can't think of a single good thing to say about it is probably pretty bad, but, right. but, um, but it's not that bad. It, it's just, it's not incompetently made. It's just dull and it doesn't go any place and it doesn't reward your, your time spent with it in any way. And so it's, that's a dud, unfortunately. Mm, couldn't chaos
1: couldn't be saved. Couldn't be saved by Nick Jonas.
2: I could not. Ugh. Who's All the right. who's the older character actor guy in that that's supposed to help?
1: Uh I'm guessing Mads Mickelson.
2: Yeah, but Mads Mickelson's awesome, am I right? I yeah. mean it's, it's Yeah, no, Mads is the best. That's what I mean. He's, yeah, there's there's a reason why you look at this and go. Okay, everybody says they hate it, but I'm gonna give it a try, <laughs> which is what I did. Yeah. I own it uh, forever. Now it's like sitting over
1: there. <laughs> David anyway. Ayolo, uh at uh, Cynthia rivo Uh I mean it's not a it's not a crap cast. It's got you know some some pretty good well, I mean, obviously Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley are slouches. Uh, we know, will not so. be
2: exercising the extension on your three deal contract for chaos walking. There, right, there you go. Thanks for your time. There
1: you go. Um, another one that probably is not going to get another. Uh, Tom Holland
2: really missed out. I believe he missed out on being one of the two principals in 1917 because he was doing reshoots for this thing. Yeah, yeah. He I, he I, I believe he was originally great. cast yeah. and then had to had to bow out for scheduling issues. So that's
1: uh, he would have been. Well, that's a What shame. we
2: got was really great, but yeah, it, it would have been nice to see Tom play an English person mm-hmm. for while. He hasn't done that in a hundred years. <laughs> right. Um right. And it's just good. Like you, you, I saw the look on your face. You went, Oh yeah, that'd be really good. Mm-hmm. It, it would be. It's, yep. it's kind of perfect. They ended up. Tom 1917 Holland, did. Okay. Yep. Without him, Tom but. Holland's
1: got a great Tom Holland's got a great. What is going on? I'm overwhelmed face. And <laughs> you know, his, when he, when he puts, when he puts that on himself, he's yeah, he's pretty terrific. He's fun Um, and he
2: has to do so much voiceover in this movie because it's not just what he's saying to move the plot along. It's all the things he's thinking that we're privy to. Oh, sure. So, and that's not easy to do. And he does a pretty nifty job with that, but it just, the thing doesn't add up to much, unfortunately. And so there you go. Uh,
1: All right. Next up is uh, the protege with Michael
2: Keaton, Maggie Q and Samuel L. Jackson Maggie Q is really good and um, it's fun to see her get to carry a movie because I don't think I don't think the box office receipts necessarily justify that but I know that she's really Mm -hmm. super respected you know what I mean in in movie circles and stuff yeah her her gross TV show that Kevin Williamson TV show she did with Dylan McDermott was disgusting but so that you know you, you you do the best you can when you're sort of a mid level, uh mid level like leading lady in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, yeah. You,
1: you, you she's get, well, she's on a new show. I, I haven't seen it. I was just you get pushed around about
2: as much as you get to choose things at a certain point. And mm-hmm. but protege was pretty fun, but it's such it's it becomes such a cliche, the the you know what I mean? The female mm-hmm. assassin in Jeopardy story. I mean, I, how many have we seen of those just in the last two years alone? It, it's like six of them. Um, this one's pretty good. Michael Keaton makes a nifty bad guy. He, he he. I don't know what the term I'll use. He glides through this movie kind of untouched by its mediocrity, which is really fun to watch a, a big star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come in and just, ooh, hey. Yeah, don't talk to me now. I'm I'm doing my thing. And it's very, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And who's the um, the mentor character? Sam Jackson, right?
1: Sam Jackson, yeah.
2: So, again, you could do a lot worse than Samuel L. Jackson. Obviously, he plays this guy all the time in every countless films, but it does have a, that sense of, oh, it's Samuel Jackson doing this dude again. Mm-hmm. Um so there's not a lot to like about it. There's some pretty good action. And the film does have, like, a, a Luke Besson-like ambition about it, where it hmm. really, it, it it is given the opportunity to go for it two or three times, and it, it does, and I appreciate that. So I, I found the protege very, very watchable, but if, you know, if, you're, if you weren't into, what was the one Jennifer Lawrence did, Red something, and...
1: Um, Red Sparrow.
2: Yeah, Red Sparrow, and and this movie isn't quite as gross and dark as that one, but it, but, but in, it, but in that way, it's also a little less interesting than that one. Hmm. Um, there was one. I don't know. There's been a whole bunch of these. I, I don't want to name them all, but you just yeah. if that uh, Jessica Chastain did one last year that again was like it's all right, but wasn't great. Yeah, this is this is like that, but it, it is fun watching Maggie get to be the star of something on this level on this admittedly Liam Neeson level of, of a list movie. It, it it's, it's all shot in Prague and you know, all this exotic European locales that that's, that's welcome. Um, yeah. but it's, it's not great. Okay. It's yeah, um, I certainly will be surprised if there's another one of them, but you never know. Sure. It's also unlike chaos walking, which you could just feel almost from the, out of the gate this isn't gonna work like Mm -hmm. uh this protege could could i mean if it gets enough of a john wick like sort of cult following that's true if enough fanboys love it maybe we'll see another one it's possible it did all right but
1: yeah uh yeah maggie q is now on a you know she's got a cbs sitcom now uh with uh um Jennifer Goodwin and Eliza Coop. I, I don't know, looks fun. JJ I, I Abrams really it. did her
2: a big favor in Mission Impossible 3 because she's the she's got so many. You know, there's that picture of her in that dress getting out of the Lamborghini <clears throat> or whatever at the Vatican. I yeah. mean, that's that's like iconic Bond like slink and sexiness and everything you yeah. sort of want from that. And then and then later in the movie, there's this scene where she's doing this little prayer and she's kind of playing with her fingers or whatever. And uh, John Reese Myers goes, what are you doing? And she goes, well, when I was a kid, I had a cat and whenever it would run away, I would say this prayer, you know, until it came back and they have this quiet moment. And he says, teach it to me. And it's, it's the, I mean, it's this beautiful moment between these two hotshot spy characters. Yeah. And, you know, Tom Cruise like falls on the roof of the car or something at that point we're <laughs> off to something else but yeah. it, she just has a lot of depth to her truly as a performer and and when when she's had a writer who believes that that's the way to tell a story that's what you get she's a little mm-hmm. bit of a hard as nails spy chick and protege uh right. but when when a when a door opens even just a little bit for her to sneak something meaningful and she does a really great job of it. So I'm a big admirer of hers, which is saying something because I really don't like half of the stuff she's been involved in <laughs> and good right. luck to the sitcom. That, that, that's even another fun thing to get to do. Right. It's mm-hmm. a lady sitcom, right? It's like three friends and their little misadventures or whatever. Am I thinking of the right show or is that a different show?
1: uh it's I mean well yeah it like I know the premise is like they're the one of the like this foursome of of best friends dies and yeah, um, that's the one I'm thinking of yeah so, yeah it
2: looks looks
1: good i I do I, I mean I like all three of um of those actors so I yeah it's just gotta get around to, to checking that out yeah. um let's move on um because you know one of the things that you and I talk about all the time, um and you know i don't think we dedicate enough time on this show really to to be talking about it but we we when we discuss uh how close the gi joe movies are to being perfect um we often talk about if we just had a little bit more of like the origin stories of of some of these characters um and now we get a chance with uh with uh, Snake Eyes, a, a, a G.I. Joe origin story.
2: So, Steven Summers of the Mummy Films and Van Helsing fame made uh, the first G.I. Joe film, which is this awful. Uh, yeah. Channing Tatum and his, who's the guy in it? Uh, Mar- Marlon Wayans Jr. or something? Uh,
1: that's a very good question. Well, um,
2: the young, wisecracking Wayans. Marlon. Um, yeah, it was Marlon. It's terrible. It's terrible. Everything out of Marlon Wayans' mouth in G.I. Joe, the film, is. it's just want to slap him in the face. You just want to be like, you, <laughs> you bastard, smart-ass sidekick character. I'm so sick of you. You've only been on screen for four and a half minutes, and I just want a missile to strike you in the head and be done with you. It's not his fault... You know, Marlon. It's there. It's what's there. He he does it. It's not really his fault. It's just that 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 unforgivable cliche at this point of of that character only being there so that the so that we don't get bored with the serious, never cracks a smile. You know, uh, Channing Tatum. Right. It, that movie's. It's got a huge scale. It's got some things going for it. It's got a. Chris Eccleston is good in it. Uh Sienna Miller's good in it. Miller? I get the yep. Sienna's mixed up. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's some interesting things, but it just way too stupid. It it thinks we're too stupid and it makes it hard to enjoy. Van Helsing's the same. It's just like, hey, Hollywood fans, here's your thinking <laughs> stupid and you just get bombarded with it. And I hate that. And the second one was more, all right, let's start taking G.I. Joe, the premise, seriously. And it just was it just, was just as bad. Everybody's been dumped down in it. Now we have Jessica Biel and half of the cast of One Tree Hill and just a bunch of <laughs> crap, old-ass Bruce Willis. They made Channing Tatum honor his contract and come back and do a cameo at the beginning of it where he gets killed so that The Rock can have some reason to care about anything that's happening in the movie. That's spoiler alert, but it just, trust me, I really do believe I'm saving you from a world of hurt of trying to sit through these films. (laughs) But, but the, 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 the sequel, which I, retribution or retaliation. uh, Uh,
1: retaliation.
2: Uh, okay. Great. Um, that, the Snake Eyes bits of that. There's a Snake Eyes origin story in it. And uh white white dude, white white shadow or I can't remember the bad guy's name, but he's a ninja as well and he's all in white. And Snake mm. Eyes of course is basically in a welding mask and you never yeah. even see his face. He played by Ray Park in both movies. So, um that part's cool and there's this cool really cool like mountain battle when they're all on wires and they're all these Little wire trolleys and things, like in Switzerland or something. That's pretty neat. Ninjas duking it out in that setting is pretty cool. So it has something to kind of redeem it. Same with the original GI Joe. It's got this giant underwater fortress, and it's got this big giant, you know, scuba divers and little underwater do like uh, hot rods and stuff shooting at each other, and it's fun. It's big, and you're kind of like, okay, you got your money's worth by the time it's over, even though it's totally stupid which brings us to snake eyes um snake Snake eyes was pretty good actually like tonally it's such a much better movie than those other two movies it's much much smaller in scale um but it has to do with the the you know the kind of um japanese mob or the chinese mob and it's the yakuza yeah that's japanese so yeah japanese that makes sense for ninjas and whatnot Um, it's, we've seen all this in the, the penultimate Wolverine movie, actually, where we kind of stick a comic book character like Snake Eyes into this crime world and it, it's kind of boring, but it's really, I don't know. I just, I don't really hate it. It's kind of good in a weird way. It's just so good by comparison, I guess, but nobody wanted it. I mean, don't they have people... at paramount and at skydance who say yeah we just went out and asked people on the sky sidewalk and nobody wants to see this movie (laughs) like well i don't know how they don't know that we we don't always know and sometimes we're wrong but sometimes you're like jesus who's that supposed to be for i mean after these two movies it all it is is so that the it just feels like it's there so that the rights to gi joe to hasbro don't revert feels like they got to make a, a GI Joe movie every so many years. Yeah. I mean that it really does have that sense to it. But Snake Eyes is an interesting character even though he's one he really is one of those characters where a little of him goes a long way. He doesn't talk, you don't see his face, you don't get his reactions. That's what's cool about him. We it's like uh you know, Boba Fett that's yeah. a bad example now but for a long time we we projected all this stuff onto that guy of how badass and awesome assassin guy he was because we have no idea what he is I mean you're looking at him and right. you don't know and it it that's fun and it with an origin story you know the more you find out the kind of lamer it is not every time but most of the time so the fact that snake eyes works at all and has some really cool car chases and throwing stars and, you know, samurai Mm -hmm. sword fights. And I mean, you know, it it delivers on what it promises. Right. But nobody wanted to see it. Nobody did end up seeing it. It's failure, in fact, put the fourth Star Trek franchise film very much in jeopardy because that's another movie where it's been diminishing returns for them. Even though the movies have gotten slightly better, I think, throughout that franchise it it hasn't mattered. People are just like right. mm, whatever. Yep. Uh, it's it's not Star Trek enough for the Star Trek people to really bail you out, and and it's 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 not big enough, broad enough entertainment that it that that it's justifying its budget. So you know, you are it's a bummer. We were all kind of like, maybe this GI Joe thing will do good, and then because. Uh, without getting into it, Skydance to some degree, they have sort of unlimited money, but they don't they don't mm-hmm. like any business, they don't throw good money after bad. And right. Paramount has no money. I mean, they're pretty much not a studio anymore. Right. And Skydance has left them, so they, they don't even have that like production company asset. Wow. I mean it's kinda like Legendary left Warner Brothers for Universal, but they still Warner Brothers still owns the monsters and it still owns all this stuff. So if they want to mm-hmm. make those, they kind of have to partner up with them, but that's uh, a little inside baseball, but yeah. Did I even talk about anything that happens and <laughs> well, Eyes no. not really. I,
1: no, but, but I mean, it, it, wh- who bother? cares? I mean, yeah, who cares? It, it's, it's, it, it's okay. Well, you know, Snake Eyes is, you know, this sort of, he, you're right. He is the Boba Fett of, G.I. Joe. if you're a G, if you're a G.I. Joe <clears throat> fan. So you know you know nothing about him. He doesn't say anything. And so you just and and now we get to find out. Like, yeah, you're right. It's gonna be cool, you know, action sequences and and
2: it's it's just, better. It's better than the those I mean that's the only way I to recommend it. It's so uh-huh. much more it just has so much more storytelling integrity. It's got better truer performances than those other two movies which were just silly stupidity. And Mm -hmm. that I appreciated, but it ain't going anywhere. It didn't do enough bank that it's, you're going to get more. So it's origin story leading into the next thing. There is going to be no next thing. They're certainly not going to do a, a breaker or a scarlet origin story after the very best chance they had at one failed. So you're, you're, you know, what are you going to do? Nothing. Right.
1: Right. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, Tom Clancy, as we all know, Tom Clancy, uh, loves heroes with two first names. Um, and in addition to Jack Ryan, he has his hero, John Clark. Um, and John, and John, the first John Clark story is without remorse. Michael B. Jordan. Technically the first
2: John Clark story is clear and present danger. So we've been introduced (laughs) to this character before. Um, as a matter of fact, he's in two movies, played in Clear and Present Danger with Harrison Ford by Willem Dafoe in a really great performance. They're
1: mm-hmm.
2: really outstanding, actually. That's John Clark sort of as we came to know him in the novels. And there's a a slight reimagining of him in The Sum of All Fears, played by Leo Schreiber, and that is a fantastic alternate take on who John Clark is. Mm-hmm. So it he's been handled well by the... Jack Ryan films, in my opinion, and without remorse is his first solo adventure. We'll say um, in the Clancy verse. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> that's, that's a thing, but
1: <laughs> I well, it kind of is. I mean, uh, uh,
2: <laughs> the, he certainly moon, has enough properties. Yeah, he movie has show. enough properties. Welcome to the Ryan verse. <laughs> <The, laughs> Um, oh god! Maybe that would yep. maybe we'll get more listeners if we do that. It's possible. Let, let's rebrand.
1: Let's rebrand the show. It is now <laughs> Welcome to the You'll Ryan. Have to burst. make another
2: intro. You know, just two weeks later, that, that seems that's you know it it seems it, like a bit of a deal breaker.
1: That's all right. Um, go through and change all the change all the the, the titles <laughs> on all of the platforms. That I feel like on. we wouldn't.
2: I feel like that'd be fun for two seconds, and then people would be like, <laughs> "Hey, what what the hell? Where's Where, the Ryan Burst don't I thought much. it was a multiverse. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> Even bad press at this point would be good for us. <laughs> uh, the the back to Tom Clancy. Yeah. The uh, the unfortunate thing about this, the Clancy fans I know, I know a couple. They're out there. Um, yep. the this is nothing like the origin. That's just not without remorse. It just isn't. It has the sure. title and it has the same main character it otherwise is nothing like it and it lays the origin story part of it so heavy on this character right out of the gate that it's very it's not what you know about him you know what we thought john clark was was this uh, you know this operative guy a black ops guy basically who because of his lifestyle has a very difficult time interacting with other people in a sort of non-military way and that there's that's sad and it's fun and it's sort of there's a lot to mind there which is really really yeah. cool as a character because we need some sort of really overwrought origin story instead we're introduced to a really well-adjusted community-minded family man who has to have everything taken away from him in the ugliest and most melodramatic way imaginable before we can get to somebody who's this doer behind the scenes. And I just feel like... I feel like that's just right out, right there, right at the start. You just... Too much, too much Mm -hmm. tragedy, way too much seriousness and murder and, and just utter destruction of innocence and stuff. I just... Yeah, I, I, the film never got me back after that, and I'm I'm, I'm hearing that's pretty much the same. Yeah, for yeah. others. Oh, uh, what I will say is uh, it's Michael B. Jordan. Am I right? Yep. His whole crew kind of produced this and brought this into being, and it's a well-directed film. Uh, you know, really, really, like really tight and professional. Like, I if there's going to be more action movies, I really do hope to see this. This crew, this director, these people keep on keeping on because I saw some action movies this year and we'll get to a couple of them that, like, just they just didn't know what they were doing. Like, they just didn't know what they were doing. And this film is an, a huge exception. This film has one of the coolest action sequences I've seen in years in the middle of it. And that really does recommend it. it it's not a, it's so dour and serious and that's so the opposite of what. People have been looking for from their entertainment, so it's hard to recommend on that level. But if you just like well choreographed action, there's this sequence where this team of of uh, guys, good guys, there's a couple girls in there as well, ladies, who are going to do this impossible mission or whatever. They're all on a plane, and the plane crashes in the ocean, and it's this escape while the plane is flooding. It just, a sequence like that is just not easy to do. And then to have it keep going and going and elevating and elevating, it it reminded me, probably because of the water, but it reminded me of of James Cameron. It's that good. Oh, sure. It's that good. Where you're just like, wow. I mean, these are people swimming around and, you know, they're doing all this. Some of this is faked, obviously, but I can't tell what is. So my, just my true hats off to them for pulling that off. Yeah. But I wish this had a little bit, uh, just a little bit more standoffish. I wish it was from the, the um, you know, the Jack Ryan universe as it's been established by the other series. Sure, sure, sure. That, that, those are pretty serious, too. They're about modern issues. They're about terrorism, you know. But... Mm-hmm. You can spend an hour with those guys a week, and you don't feel like like you're just piled upon. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. I like serious stuff, you guys, I really do. But I just you know it's I just I'm I'm it it seems like we we're really. There's no middle ground yeah. anymore, like yeah, it's, it's, and, and it, maybe that's hard, and maybe that's good. I, I don't know. I don't. You'll have to decide. But that, yeah. to me, is what weighed this down, is it's just heavy, too heavy, but there's a lot of great action in it, and the central sort of MacGuffin of a story is pretty compelling. So, But again, it wasn't really popular, so I don't know that we're going to get two more John Clark stories, or if we do, are they going to be like this one? Right, I can't decide. I like Michael B. Jordan. I think he's—I mean, he he, he carries a lot of weight, and you believe him. He has that action star thing where he shows up, and even if it's it's him against twelve guys, if he wins, you're kind of like, "Yeah, I could see it. It could happen. I I could buy that." Yeah, he's pretty badass. I mean, he and he's a Tom Clancy hero. He 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 has to be a badass, but he's got to think his way through the situation to win, and it delivers on all that. So I. I liked it despite myself, but I, but I'm, I'm not, I'm in an elite (laughs) club there that really kind of thought it was good. And, and, and the reasons, like, I totally get the reasons people were not too much, too much. Sure.
1: Sure. Um, well, here's a movie where we're going to get sequels whether we want them or not. Um, next up is red notice.
2: Ah, yes. Well, yeah, it's the worst movie on this list, pretty much. Well, Chaos Walking.
1: Yeah, it's Chaos a pick'em.
2: We'll call it a jaunting. Pick'em. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about Red Notice is that all three of its principal actors each got twenty million, but big ones to do this bad boy movie, and Gal Gadot got paid the same amount as Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson. You go, girl. Yeah. That's great. Good. Uh, the bad thing about this movie is only Ryan Reynolds is capable of any sort of depth of character amongst these three actors, and he doesn't bring it to the party in this particular film. So, mm. what you got is a funny, madcap adventure, some great foot chases. This is sort of the opposite of Without Remorse. This is fun. It's a heist. It, yeah. It although it shamefully and repeatedly compares itself to Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is not cool. You are not Raiders of the Lost Ark you aren't and reminding us of it or or Hmm. it's like referencing it is a mistake i'll just say that you guys you guys i mean compared to that movie you guys are just you're really really awful you're like
1: yeah what's that show where Uh, they used to make
2: people like swim through a bunch of bugs and
1: uh that would be uh uh fear factor
2: fear factor um, yeah. I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but you guys are like one of the bugs, just one of the bugs in Fear Factor. <laughs> if you when compared to Raiders of the mm-hmm. Lost Ark, which is a piece Most, of cinematic yeah. art, yeah. But I I, I got through bu- it. Yeah. I even giggled at it a couple times. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, to his credit, gets that he's next to S- super clown here, and Ryan Reynolds, yeah. and he just he's <laughs> yeah. not, he can't he has to keep the smiling and the mugging to a minimum, or it's not going to fly any, any, I don't know if he, that's a choice he's making or if it's an instinct that he has where he knows it. This is only going to be funny. If I stand here like Schwarzenegger and frown at everything he does. And he does that. That's a good team player, Joel, truly in a, in a, a movie set. Yeah. Um, and as a result, he may not know this, but he gets more laughs doing that than Reynolds does just mugging or improv-ing his way through every damn scene in the thing. Right. Lots of fun European locations, uh, plot twists. Uh, not really. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I uh, like a good heist movie, so I, I yeah. couldn't bring myself to hate this movie, but it's no, yeah. it's I mean, a it, big, it's... bloated, dumb, breezy vacation of a film for all of those involved, and that isn't enough to make you feel anything, but it, it is enough to pass a couple of hours breezily, and the series has enough, I hate to say this, because I, I, you know me, I didn't like Red Notice, but I don't like it for what it is, like, I wasn't going to like it. I I had to, as a critic, I had to just, okay, let's, either I'm going to boycott this thing, or if I'm going to watch it, I got to at least kind of review it for what's there and not what I think it should be. Yeah, they brought Raiders of Lost Ark into this. I did not. That's not them. So, you know, so I can rip on them a little bit. But it was fun enough. People liked it. They want more of it. They're going to get more of it, as Joel said. This one, this one uh, is the only one on this list. They might, There's a couple of dark horses here, but this one is the only one where you're just like, yep, they're going to be another one of these, no question.
1: Yep. But it's a $200
2: movie. Like, take another $200 movie straight to streaming that we talked about, like World of of Tomorrow or Tomorrow War. Tomorrow War. All right. Every penny of the $200 million is up on screen in Tomorrow War. I mean, Tomorrow War is awesome. I mean, it's not a great movie because the story's stupid, but it's awe-inspiring. It's an incredibly huge and effects-heavy and action-packed and explosion-y film. This, mm-hmm. it, you know, half of the money went to the people that went to payroll, and the only the other half is up on the screen, and you feel that, too, which is, you know, but... They're all stars oh. to one degree or another. And they're all sure. doing their thing within established parameters. We talked about Gal sure. before. I, I like her a lot, but I really don't feel like there are hidden, even Maggie Q depths to her as a performer, as a person probably. But as a performer, mm-hmm. I've not seen it yet. And until I do, I'm not really going to believe it's there. She's So this is a perfect project for her. I could, you know shrewd 20 million bucks in the bank and all you had to do was just you know just look yep. cool and act threatening good job yep.
1: and you give give smoky give smoky looks into the into the camera she hey she look.
2: nails it that's what the movie wants does. her yeah. to do the movie wants ryan reynolds to just stand there and never shut up even if it's not on the page and yeah, the movie wants true. the rock to just be in the advertising like it doesn't even care what he's doing in the movie just please come so that people will watch and and they did so it worked mm-hmm. <laughs> who might have who might have well i can judge it but who might have say whatever i wish i had 20 million dollars to walk around in that. a tuxedo mm-hmm. in france that'd be yep. cool um living the dream man yeah
1: uh, I really wanted to, and I, I, you know, again, like I said, I'm staying at my brother's right now to, to help take care of his dog. Uh, so I said that to you. I didn't say that to the audience. Audience, I'm taking care of my brother's dog. Um, but dog the sitting, uh, that. dog sitting. But I really wanted, I really wanted to come up with some sort of sounder that's just like, "Hey, what's Liam Neeson doing?" <laughs> uh, and I wanted that to. How are like, you going to manage wanted,
2: that? Were you going to? I don't
1: it? know. I don't know. I just really want it because I know every year we have a Liam Neeson category because oh, yeah. the man, the man just, it's like, <coughs> gotta put out movies, gotta do it, gotta do it. Um, gotta
2: keep working, must keep gotta working, keep, must
1: keep working. We, I've said uh,
2: before, there's a real life tragic reason behind the midlife Liam Neeson, um, yeah, workathon, which is that his was. The love of his life when he was back doing, you know, a movie a year, it was taken from him and I'm not saying he can't find love again or whatever, but it really was one of those relationships where it's going to linger and the memory of it and the power of it is going to carry for a while and he's got to cope with that. And one of the ways he's coping with, because, you know, it's because people do it a you shouldn't feel bad if like, you know, your mom dies or whatever and then dad gets married right away again. If they're older people, it's usually because marriage is how they live their life, like it's the marriage was good and they just want to get back into that. There's yeah. a there's a different kind of personality where this this was it, I found my thing and it's gone now and I don't it's not a wrong way to approach it, but it's I'm going to I'm gonna mourn for this for a long, long time before I can even ever consider a different kind of relationship. And yep. I believe, without reading his mind, I really do believe that's part of this. When, right. when yeah, when um, Natasha Richardson d- died in that skiing accident, I mean, he was just shaken to the core. He was in- absolutely madly in love with her, and and he's done. I, and no- I think nothing but back to back movies since i mean it's just not taken a break since then
1: right and i and i and and it's the type of movies that he that he does i think that there is i i mean she died in such a random yeah uncon you know there's nothing anybody could do it was a random accident um, skiing, that all of
2: these roles that he takes—it's it, it, doubly most of tragic these guys. because she didn't die in the skiing accident. She got a concussion yeah. that she she died yeah. in her sleep later that day. Yeah. That's a yeah. common thing, but it, it is, as Joel said, it, it. If you ever get what you think might be a concussion, you should go see a doctor right away so that this doesn't happen to you. But in many ways, there's not a lot that can be done about it. Right. And it, it is harsh when you think everything's going to be OK and then it isn't. It's the worst thing ever. It, it's it, it's cruel. I've known people who have gone through that and it is really, really difficult. So.
1: Yeah. And, and so all of these characters that he plays are all characters who are able to take control of the situation that they're in. Um, And I really think that there's an element to all, you know, something happens that throws everything off, but there, he is the guy that by hook or by crook, he is going to make order out of chaos and he is going to have. He is going to be in control of whatever uh, of this situation. Yep. And and so so let's get into it. We got uh you know he uh, three movies. I mean every every four months he was coming out with another movie. Uh, and uh, the first one up is The Marksman. A rancher on the Arizona border becomes the unlikely defender of a young Mexican boy desperately fleeing the cartel assassins who have pursued him. Into the United States.
2: This is very much one of those let's do a movie during COVID type of things. Let's literally write a movie or take a script and COVID proof it so that we can do it easily. Um, and that's that's what it is. He's, he is a rancher. He uh, he he does uh, un you know reluctantly sort of take under his wing this this uh, this kid who's being chased by, uh, all these horrible Mexican drug ghouls basically coming after them, and, and, uh, he's a reluctant hero in it, truly, like, he, is, he's a law and order, like... Every time, like when he first meets this kid and his mom, he, his first thing, I mean, he helps them, gets them water, warns them if they go that way, they're going to just never be seen again. So he's a nice guy, but he's also calls the border patrol. I mean, he's, you know, he's just sort yep. of responsible conservative citizen that's got like 25 guns in the back of his truck. And, and he gets swept up in this story and he can't help but do right when pressed repeatedly um mm. and that's fun that's fun to watch it's fun to watch a guy you know just doesn't want to be involved like eventually be like all right it's it's me or this kid's gonna die and i'm just um I'm, I'm not gonna let that happen you know. <laughs> not gonna he doesn't say <laughs> that in the movie but it's that we've seen that before it, if this were stallone if this whoever this is it, it it's it's very much an action hero type role joel called it yeah um but He's, it there's a it takes him a long time. Him and this kid part ways a couple of times. Like, he really doesn't want to have anything to do with his story. He's not prepared to fight the drug cartels single-handedly. It, You right. know, he, so he's not a character who thinks he could just do that out of pure righteousness. He, he thinks he's toast. He's like, well, let's go somewhere far. Let's go to Chicago. You know, that's far away. Yeah. You got family there. Let's do that. Like, he just, he wants to escape this situation that it brings it down to earth a little bit. Marksman passes the time very, very easily. Lots of shootouts and car chases. Uh, bad guys are super bad. It is not bloody and visceral on the level that uh, Rambo last blood is like, it's just enough. Right. The violence is violent, but, it, and some really nice folks go down in this film, which is so it's, you know, it, it is an action movie with where there's consequences to actions, but it it's much easier watched than that movie, and and you know Liam and a dog and a kid. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a way, they're just like uh, into other actors, as Joel said, never act with animals or kids. But really, what this is is this COVID designed. Here's some fun things for Liam to interact with and to play off of, and it, it does it works on that level very well. It's a sure. cheap B action movie done on the cheap. Well, there you go on the highways of new mexico it's not special but it, it's fun
1: this uh the next film i i i gotta assume uh came about after watching like a late night marathon on any of ice road truckers <laughs> where um they went hmm, you know what? i think there's an action movie somewhere in here this is this is this reality show. It I really is. Could, ice Road Truckers, I bet, the action. Yeah, it's, man. it's Ice Road Truckers. So uh, and it's called Ice Road. We're just going to we're going to cut the truckers off. But he is a trucker. Fear fear not, Ice Road lovers. He is still a trucker. See, Joel um, hasn't even
2: seen this and he's got it all figured out already. Yep. Um, uh, remote
1: diamond mine collapses in the far <laughs> in far northern Canada. And Liam Neeson everyone's favorite big rig ice road trucker must lead an impossible rescue mission over a frozen lake to save said trapped miners. Woo! And miners like an, in a mine, not miners like Irish
2: volunteer own. border patrol agent. Now we got Irish Alaskan ice road trucker. Mm-hmm. He's always Irish. That part never changes. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> it doesn't.
2: It doesn't. Uh, Even that bad guy nope. in Batman begins was, Pretty much Irish, if I recall. Um, uh-huh. So if you if you want Liam, he's gonna bring the Irish with him. Uh, yep. This is different. He has a disabled brother, sidekick, something. He's got a unique, um, like mental disability where he, you know, he's he's so. For Hollywood purposes, he's this savant character. Like, plot-wise, he has a ton of utility. But socially, interaction-wise, he's got a lot of challenges. So yeah, that's going on in this movie. Um, he's not brought in as a punchline, though. He, he's a guy throughout the thing that is kind of important. Um, I, I don't know. I remember how many trucks they start out with. Three, I think? Where they're carrying... And this is a time old. This is as old as Wages of Fear, right? Wages of Fear is carrying the dynamite through the desert on the trucks to stop the oil spill from happening. This is very similar. Explosives to get these guys out of this diamond mine run by this conglomerate who may or may not be evil. We'll have to wait till the oh. end to find out. Um, but it's, it is a bunch of working class stiffs. There's a there's a crime going on in it that's sort of hidden in it. I guess I won't ruin that for you. Uh, who's the <laughs> chick in it? She's pretty fun
1: uh let's see i i mean there's and you know army
2: Army of jock douchebags wrote this movie so it's not nuanced or anything but they wrote her in a fun way and she plays it fun is this amber mid-thunder yeah amber mid-thunder okay good actor she's like it used to be her and, and Moon Bloodgood used to be the chicks who played the Indian characters if you needed one, because they were awesome. But then we found out Moon wasn't actually even part Indian, and so she had to stop doing those roles. And now we're left with Amber, and Amber's pretty great. She's really spunky and fun in there She's this punk rock girl in amongst all these old men, and it, it well, I'm grateful to have her there. Uh, Benjamin Walker, I guess, is the other character, worth the actor worth mentioning, but... It is what it sounds like. Every imaginable action sequence that they could think of along the ice road is takes place. It's creative and fun in that way. Because it that's the gig. I mean that that aside from these sort of stock action movie cliched characters, what you really want is to take the unique setting and to get the most out of it. And I do feel like the film to a certain degree, in a sort of low budget way manages that so again Mm -hmm. very much like it doesn't have the warmth of storytelling that the marksman goes for but it 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 it's it has a premise and a promise and it fulfills the promise by the time it's over so there you go that's the nicest thing you can say about a dumb action well there you go
1: and don't don't feel like you need to catch up on all the seasons of ice road truckers before uh, before seeing this. This exists No, there's honestly.
2: so many Johnny the Explainer scenes in Ice Road that you will be covered uh, well. <laughs> oh, you will know everything the average citizen knows about ice roading okay. before the truck That's even good. leaves the station. It's great. I mean, it's stupid, but it's... It, it's it. You know, there's stupid like Van Helsing's stupid, which is just everything's so stupid, and you feel like it thinks you're stupid, whereas this movie... It's like, look, we know you're stupid. We're gonna try and get through this in a hurry. Yep, it's there's a Mm
1: -hmm. just take a deep breath. We're gonna we're gonna go through this
2: together. (sighs) Yep, we promise. Trucks will explode and fall through the ice. People shoot at each other. All that shit's coming, but you gotta know the rules first. It's yep. It's a very tight <laughs> action script in that way, which I, like I said, I don't uh, admire, but I do kind uh, of appreciate on some levels. So mm-hmm. um, all right.
1: Uh, next up, um, wanting to lead an honest life, a notorious bank robber with a particular set of skills. <laughs> <turns> <laughs> Let's themself- say that. You just did No, that. I added that only <laughs> to be double-crossed by two ruthless FBI agents in an honest thief Uh,
2: what's the tagline for an honest thief do you have that i love it never
1: steal a man's second chance
2: Woo! All right. Now we're talking. Those other two movies are pretty good, but this is pure D Liam Neeson action thriller stuff right here. Yeah. Um, it, okay. it, it truly is. It's got a s- super younger than him, but still semi age appropriate girlfriend for him to have in Kate Walsh, sure. who Kate happens Walsh, to be yeah. a decent enough actor. Um, <laughs> She's still like 20 years younger, but at least she's not 40 she really years is. younger. Yeah. yeah. No, like, no, you know, Harrison Ford will tell you it's just what do you want? I, this is what they Yeah. They don't want a bunch of 70-year-old ladies in these like I don't know what to tell you. It's it's changing guys. The world's changing. The world is getting better. C- 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 Kate Walsh is proof of that. She's she's at least a step in the right direction, you know. It's the whole reason uh, Maude Adams got to do, do two James Bond movies because they just weren't enough as old as Roger Moore women out there. They had to choose right. another one twice. There you go. So think of that. We've come a long way. Yeah. Anyway, not on that note, it, this not is just exactly It's what, anymore. what yeah. Joel just said. Does that sound fun? Liam Neeson fighting back against the establishment who double crossed him. I mean that's what it is. It is it really is. This really is of these three films, if you're not gonna watch them all, if you're not some Liam Neeson super fan, this is the one. This is the this is the one that they, they really yeah. meant this one. And and that, it's great. It's an urban thriller, you know, where a guy who, yeah, who is going to steal and sneak around his way out of his troubles, which are extensive. He really has fallen in love with this girl and wants to come clean to the FBI so that he can mm-hmm. not lie to her and so that he can have – so that he can pay his debt and somehow – and he confesses to the wrong guys, and they use decide instead of uh, instead of you know taking the the what do you call it? The cops always call it something. That's my collar. Instead of taking the yeah. collar and being happy about it, uh, they decide. Well, this guy knows where all the diamonds are hidden, baby. And it just and it it goes horribly wrong for everybody involved. Good, good. Uh, name some of the other people in it. Uh, the,
1: uh sure, yeah. I mean Kate Walsh, um, there's uh Jay Courtney. Jay Courtney, uh Jeffrey Donovan, Anthony Ramos.
2: Anthony Ramos, J- Jeffrey Donovan, Robert Patrick. Okay. So that that's what I wanted you to get to that sort of group of people. Yeah. That's that's good stuff, man. Jeffrey Donovan doesn't show up and F around. He gives a crap about what he's doing in these films. Same with yep. Robert Patrick. He might he might be a he might be a bit of a cliche at this point too, but he shows up when you ask him to do. He doesn't. He doesn't care what platform the thing's coming out on. He doesn't care the size of his paycheck. He shows up and does the work. Anthony Ramos right. and Courtney, Courtney, who I don't really like, but he's not very likable in this movie. He's kind of always better when he's a dickhead. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying anything about you personally, Jay. I just saying that seems to be true. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know sure, what I mean? Sure, you're
1: a nice guy. Sure, but... You give
2: appropriately to charity. Um,
1: you know, but, uh, <laughs> right.
2: but he's so much better in divergent than he is in the Terminator movie. And it, the difference is right. he's an asshole in divergent. I don't know. You know, let's read into that what you will. Uh, <laughs> He's good in this. Him and Ramos are really good. They're partners in it. And, it, and it's it's fun. It's good stuff. It's really fun <laughs> movie along those lines. You've, you've seen them before. Liam Neeson blackmailed on a plane. Liam Neeson blackmailed on a train. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember what those movies are called. They have extremely generic action movie names.
1: Uh, I think they're called the plane movie and the train movie.
2: They've got great names, uh, but I... I'm sure I, they do. I can't yeah, remember. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, what do you, you supposed to do? Is Non-Stop the train movie or the play movie, Movie though? I don't know. Okay. One on, of them's no, called Non-Stop. The other one's called... Uh, stop right, here we Non, go. maybe? <laughs> Sorry, that was really loud. Sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Remember. Uh <laughs> Oh, let's see. Cold Pursuit, Widows, uh, the commuter, uh,
2: the commuter. That's the train one. All right, that makes okay. sense. All right, so we got there. Good. I forgot he's in Widows. That Widows is a legit good movie. Although he's that's not Widows a, is a good. Yeah, that's that, not a Liam it, Neeson vehicle. He's got a small. No, movie.
1: he and yeah, he's playing off of like this last you know several years of playing these sort of actiony criminal movies. Right. You know, uh, he's playing off of that, uh, which I kind of dug
2: and i cold Um, pursuit oh cold pursuit that's the revenge movie yeah it's that that's not one of my favorites i don't like i don't like uh violent revenge for laughs very much i will take violent revenge as a catharsis but i mm -hmm. for laughs it it, i find it a little gross so okay Um, on to that's liam neeson for you
1: that is liam neeson and next year we will have at least three more to talk about.
2: At least two um, more, not maybe not three. Three is a lot. He really snuck Marksman in there and made a movie when nobody was making movies.
1: That's true. Yeah, so. um, all right. Next up, we are moving on to um, a mystery. Our, our mystery and suspense ca- uh, category. We have uh, several movies that will that will keep you guessing, that will put make your herrings red, and. Um,
2: I love and, a good uh, mystery yeah. and suspense movie, um, but we talked about this a little bit in the Hitchcock ones. These, this group of movies we're about to talk about are not stylized in a Hitchcock thriller sort of way, and that t- lifts a little bit of the pressure for them to deliver off of them, which which mm. ma- means that they can be they can mix a little bit more real drama into them and not just have to be that dynamite well constructed every bit is perfect leading to the climax sort of film which is helpful but it also means that they're they can get a little more wishy-washy they're not as tightly constructed you know so they're they rely on some other things mood um emotion like legit emotion as opposed to overwrought hitchcockian emotion um so that's what sets them apart because they otherwise they are very similar actually
1: Category. okay well first up we have crisis
2: with Gary
1: Oldman
2: um, Army Hammer it, and Evangeline Lilly, right
1: yep and Greg Kinnear right. and, and Michelle Rodriguez you can and keep going There's a ton of people in this and thing. Lily Rose Depp and Kid Cuddy and uh, yeah that's pretty much it
2: it's a right it's a it's a split what do we call it we had a show about all of them a split fractured narrative, narrative film narrative uh, yeah what's it called you did you say the word
1: i just said fractured narrative yeah, yeah but what, what
2: but we... there's a term for it that we used very proudly oh, and boy. i can't even remember okay too um you gotta go way it, back dude that's yeah. like season one stuff where we talked about traffic and syriana and all that this is uh, uh dual uh,
1: narratives um split perspectives um Trying to find what that's
2: called. I can find it if we insist. I have it tagged in my movie collection and I just got to go to one of them. But I was hoping not Uh, to do that. Anyway, this one is one of those. But it is set
1: against the backdrop of the opioid epidemic and uh, the stories of an undercover cop.
2: Inner blocking narrative
1: oh interlocking narrative okay we would have gotten there eventually we would have just named i never would other. have
2: i had to look it up i had um, all those other terms which are all correct but we picked the best one interlocking narrative really does say what this is these are different stories that are all connected but you just don't know how until you're two-thirds three-quarters of the way through the movie and <laughs> And that's the kind of structured as, and I enjoy that very, very much. Uh, uh, Army Hammer plays a, an undercover, an undercover
1: cop. Uh, um, Gary Oldman is a professor, and uh, eventually Lily runs a-
2: safety and 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 uh, you know chemical studies for the FDA, basically.
1: Uh huh. And Evangeline Lilly plays a grieving mother
2: Who's and they collide got, in this dramatic thriller. Got wrapped up in this. Yeah, she's a mother on the warpath because her kid was killed as a result of like an
1: oxy and oxycodone addiction
2: and those are the those are really the three interlocking narratives there's more going on in it than even that but i liked it hey this was i mean it had everything you want from this the the, the plot you can't really do a plot like this and not have it pretty smartly done um mm-hmm. Hammer in particular Hammer and Lily in particular Oldman he's tougher to peg down because although he's doing a really nice job as this guy too Oldman hasn't got you know it's like he gets to play a regular guy and you feel that it's it's honor to do that for a change Sure it ha- you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. even in this movie mm-hmm. that not a lot of people are going to see or you know what I mean he he yeah. gets to be a person instead of being Churchill or being a vampire or being, you know, whatever that we, he's great at that stuff. That's why we hire him to do these great, big heightened Daniel day Lewis like performances, but he really is delightful when you get to just see him be a guy without prosthesis on who's in over his head in this situation. He's this moral dude who discovers something in his studies that he that there's a lot of pressure on him not to reveal that he feels compelled to talk about. And that's, that's almost the best part of the movie, but it, it, not enough that as a movie would, nobody would watch that. So you got to have some, some death and murder and some undercover sneaking around and all that stuff. And, and it, it works pretty good. It doesn't work great. It's not a great interlocking narrative, but it, it works pretty good. It's, if you're gonna do a, a dour, serious, interlocking narrative crime drama about the opioid crisis, it's really hard to imagine it being much better than this. Well, there you go. Because it 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 it's it's dark, serious stuff, and it, you you've got to treat it that way. And yet, you're still in the game ultimately to entertain your audience. And I feel like for you know, I had a sense of what this was going to be when I watched it. Great. Canadian location shooting and stuff um, you know even in Eastern Canada when you're out in some farm in Canada I mean you can mm-hmm. yell and scream and shout and then nobody gonna hear you out there it really right. is it really provides isolation in a way that American places don't as much <laughs> you know you got yeah. down in the southwest okay you know thats yeah. you get pretty alone down there but you know Canada and the snow out on your own it's it's scary you're alone you're on your own yeah can i share
1: my uh i don't we don't normally do this here but can i share my favorite imdb review here um for is it somewhat
2: along the lines of what i'm saying
1: uh you i i absolutely think so um the title of it is called excuse me the title is called engaging it tells three engaging stories that are equally engaging
2: that's yep that's about right <laughs> and I want there you go thank you a lot thank of people review- didn't like thank this you, they, were, they were bored with it I mean you know you've you, got to decide are you down with a conventional mystery thriller about this sort of topic <clears throat> you mm-hmm. can decide that for yourself if you are then here you go it, it's engaging the stories are equally engaging I mean I agree with that it you know, if you're not, you're not gonna. There's no way you're gonna like this. So there you go.
1: Uh, okay, so I'm being maybe I'm being a little unfair. Uh, Gordon, Gordon Eleven, who did that. He has clearly, um, like for Sing Two, it says delightful, and a Sing Two is a delightful film with delightful characters. Uh, <laughs> Swan Song, very slow. It's a very slow movie <laughs> with a very slow pacing. Uh, so clearly. Gordon a,
2: <laughs> has a, got a is, he's, got he's got a whole trademark
0: style
1: very enjoyable single all the way very enjoyable it's a very enjoyable romantic comedy with a cast that is very enjoyable <laughs> oh Gordon I, okay so alright
2: uh, I, the I, movie I, show yeah. with Joel and Ryan and Leonard Snerdley salute you <laughs> good sir yes Thank we you.
1: do oh gordon thank you gordon that's awesome um all right uh next up is the little things uh this is uh Mm. denzel oh denzel washington yeah yeah uh kern county deputy sheriff joe deacon is sent to los angeles for what should have been a quick evidence gathering assignment let me zip on up there get some evidence come on back instead he becomes embroiled in the search for
2: a serial killer who is terrorizing the city. Who's hotshot cop in this? Is it Jared Leto or somebody?
1: Well, I mean, Jared Leto is a, and and Rami Malek. So, oh, Rami uh, Malek. Yeah, I don't Rami know which Malek's one. Rami hotshot cop. It, so. Jared Leto okay. is
2: something else entirely. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I watched this, so I don't know why I'm getting them mixed up. I just knew there was some, you know, there's Denzel and there's young hotshot. And that's the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it's Rami Malek that's the... He's the young cop who, despite uh, ripping on Denzel for being old and out of touch, still is the guy who would compel him to stay down there and help him with this serial killer investigation that he's looking on. I like this movie. It's atmospheric. It's interesting. These actors are fantastic. Yeah. Um, but what is it and what happened? You you really shouldn't get to the end of a mystery theory mystery movie asking those questions and uh, while I understand that there's some deliberateness to that um, I can just tell you audiences don't don't play that they just don't you can't do that anymore you can make an ambiguous drama or whatever but you, you can't have it be this just cut out conventional up until the end and then just drop everything. You just can't do that. And that's what this movie does. It commits a cardinal mystery thriller slash serial killer, Mm -hmm. especially, and to be fair, I, I want to admire the film and that it's ambiguity and that it's in a, a sort of Zodiac way. It's more about the emotions and the price that these people who hunt these monsters pay and the way they, they're leave themselves open to compromise, you know, uh, Denzel's long ago left the city for a deputy sheriff's job so that he cannot not have to deal with this anymore because psychologically he can't deal with it anymore. Right. Um, Rami doesn't get that yet. He's got to learn it the hard way. That's the makings of a compelling story, and there's a lot of great stuff going on here. But after all these, what's the criminal minds, you know? See, mm-hmm. You guys who are into serial killers, you've just been ruined by it. You've been watching Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds is a different gimmicky serial killer every week. And every week the good guys catch them. You know? So, Mm -hmm. that's crap. Criminal Minds is crap. It is little more than a a writer's room dreaming up ways to serially kill people. There's nothing else to it than that. It is empty garbage that makes the world a worse place. But it's deeply satisfying on a storytelling level. Cause you get all this CSI Miami cheap justice at the end of every episode. This film just doesn't even come close to that. Like you can't even trick yourself into thinking you experienced that it. And it, it, it's, it was, it's reviled for that reason. And I, I don't like ruining endings and I didn't exactly ruin this one, but it, it, you just be warned it. You're in it for the details and you're in it for the nuances um, you can give this a try. It's still not a work of genius or anything. It's not Silence of the Lambs. But but it, it has something to offer on that level. On the level of, you know, let's get the serial killer. It, it just, you know, it just yeah. it just gives you nothing. Mm-hmm. Almost belligerently gives the audience nothing. Mm-hmm. And the audiences did not like that. That's the, yeah. in my opinion, that's the, the consensus about this film. But I... I'm proud to have it. I just, I do sympathize with that, even though sure. I do think we've been ruined and spoiled by just really crap television. Those CSI shows, the NCIS shows so easy easy cheap ass justice for everybody who did even a slightly bad thing in them even they make law and order which is a pretty straightforward justice show look immensely nuanced by comparison we'll get to law and order later law and order commits a different sort of cardinal sin that i'm going to complain about maybe next episode maybe later this episode sure um but sometimes the bad guys get away on that show sometimes they have to let somebody off the hook just to get them to tell their story in, in csi that never happens man if you knew something and didn't tell the cops right away you get the max baby they trick you into telling them anyway and you get the max and all of us get to sit at home and think we live in sort of some sort of just world it's mm-hmm. a trick it's a con really and you should be embarrassed yeah. for buying into it.
1: Um, cr- criminal Minds, it, it, uh, you know, I just a quick, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, but just to uh, give it a little bit, I think um, the one thing that you're forgetting with Criminal Minds is it has my forever crush in at Paget Brewster, and that's why she's able to solve everything every time. Paget is she's great.
2: Cool. Look, Paget is pretty, pretty cool. cool. You know, uh, Mandy Patinkin started out on that show. That's true, he did. But Mandy left in the way he always leaves. I guess not always, but he just... If you remember the drama surrounding that, and this is Manny's Man, backing me up in this case, so I'm going to go ahead and tell this story. F it. Because um, it's a great story. He just was planning on coming back to work for season two of Criminal Minds. Yeah. He just found himself not able to do it. And he didn't call anybody and he didn't tell anybody because up until the last second, he really thought, okay, I'm, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, feeling yeah, weird, but work, I, yeah. eventually I'm going to get there. So he walked away from that show. And, of course, they, they, he just said, I can't. He just came to the realization. I literally couldn't bring myself to step outside my door and go back to work on this. I, I have to do some thinking about why that is, but I'm sorry. I'm out. He did something similar halfway through Chicago Hope too, where just like, I'm not doing this anymore, and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Mandy's a unique guy. He's, but he, he's a, yeah. He was asked why in a really good interview with him when he was promoting Homeland. He was asked. You know, you can you tell us a little bit about why you quit that show because we never really got an answer. And he, he said he said a much more diplomatic. He said it's a really good show, but it 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 really is this exercise in creating this grisly awfulness and and then giving an audience an illusion of those things being solved in a simple way. And he thought that that was poisonous. It was poisonous to his soul, is the term that he used. He said, and they said, "Well, what Homeland is worse? It's got up this and that, and this and that." I mean, the the interviewer's like, "I yeah. mean, you can't you can't even compare the two. And he said, "Well, the he goes, the difference is Homeland takes these things for what they are, and it 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 shows how complicated they can be, and it it just goes about the material in a completely different and more constructive way. And and right. even though I agree with you that it, it's a heavier, more serious show, that's what's good about it. Sure." I don't know how that all ties back into Little Things, but because Little Things, it it is a cardinal sin. I don't know what to tell you. I don't go to watch a mystery movie to not know what happened by the time it's over. I mean, so I can crap all over, you know, Criminal Minds all I want. (laughs) But in the end, I mean, I want – give me something, right? Right, right. Maybe this movie gave it to me and I missed it. That's definitely possible. But I can tell you that I'm not alone if I did. right Right. i'm in a i'm in very uh, crowded room full of other people like what and i felt something at the end of it and i appreciate that and i can appreciate that because i watch a ton of movies those of you who are more selective should be warned about it
1: sorry i was real quick trying to see if we could tell but um yeah uh, um gordon (laughs) do we want to hear what gordon said about it hell
2: yeah (laughs) i i don't think we can really do any more reviews without hearing what gordon had to say
1: about them. i was just like oh i wonder if gordon's here toward the top and i think we're officially the gordon fan club
2: now because this
1: um headline well and this is a little disappointing because it's uh, the headline is engaging and um this is a very engaging story that makes you think hard and the story contains many uh, many layers and i enjoyed watching it uh, i enjoyed watching it it's an engaging story <laughs> so i don't he he may have just been you know cranking out a lot for that one so uh,
2: if he's joking oh my- man he's hilarious and if he's serious he's- God bless him. I, either yeah. way, these are fantastic reviews. Uh,
1: okay, well, let's move on. We, we spent a lot of time on, uh, on well, other I, So no, it I, can't be
2: all bad. We, there's a no, lot to talk no, about. I,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. Next up is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, uh, when mm-hmm. he's uh, not the subject of a Taylor Swift song, he is playing a demoted police officer assigned to a call dispatch desk. Uh, and he's conflicted when he receives an emergency phone call from a kidnapped woman in the guilty.
2: Another, again, another COVID. Let's put Jake Gyllenhaal in a lonely uh, call center mm-hmm. and have the entire story happening over the phone. Now, it's a fun gimmick. We talked a little bit about, or at least we mentioned last week when we were talking about Stephen Knight, we talked about, um, God damn it. it's a name of a person. I can never remember. Anyway, there's a Tom Hardy movie where he's on the phone the whole time. This is very much oh, right. like that, yeah. where we're not privy to what's happening out in the world. There's somebody locked in a trunk. They call nine one one, and uh, this demoted detective gets the call. Uh, I this so in that way it is great. This is everything the premise again it does it these mystery films it's important. Uh, same with the Liam Neeson films. What's the premise? What's the promise, and does it fulfill the promise? And this movie absolutely does. It's a very fast-moving, overwrought dramatic thriller that takes place entirely over the phone, and it really makes the most out of that. Unfortunately, it there you know the other nine-one-one call center people seem really reluctant to help him. His other fellow detectives over the phone that he tries to call in. This is happening outside. There's a wildfire happening, so there's all these evacuations and ambulances are all busy. So in a way, he's fighting this uphill battle to get somebody to pay attention to this little kidnapping case when Mm -hmm. the world's on fire. That was nicely done. But their reluctance to or unwillingness to and his going the extra mile as a as a emergency call person gets old you don't want to watch him fighting city hall. You want to watch him fighting to get this figured out. And I wish the film was more clever and put obstacles up in, in front of the story instead of just in front of the character so that we felt like he's the only nine one one call center guy in America would give a shit about this. That doesn't really ring true at all. If you know anything about people who do that kind of work um, or you know, anything about just anything, cops, detectives you know they will all want to do stuff you know sometimes to a fault so this idea that he's he it's it's a one lone guy bucking up against the police bureaucracy didn't really feel maybe it's just because i'm not used to seeing it in movies but that felt a little much but but if you strip those few instances away it's 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 neat i mean there have been There's cellular. Uh, Halle Berry started one too that was terrible. I can't remember what it was called. Where it, there, yeah. you're the 911 operator and you know, mm-hmm. something bad happened and you get all embroiled in it. It's like almost a cliche of a storyline. This one was yeah. done under COVID circumstances and there's a lot. It, the sound design is spectacular in it. So there's like there's a lot to like. About. And Gyllenhaal, no offense to Halle Berry, but I mean, Gyllenhaal's great he's such a great actor right now and such a fantastic screen presence and he brings his heart and soul to this little project because like liam he wanted to stay busy during covid instead of taking a few months off that's what most of us did he uh he kept right on going and and given that that's what it is it's pretty great but it it's only so great
1: well you really Um, never
2: leave the call center I, i guess that's the warning if that if you can handle that it's pretty great
1: here we go um because you know gordon had some things to say
2: yeah what do you say
1: um i think my favorite is that it says warning spoilers (laughs) (laughs) headline is intense Mm. (laughs) this film is very intense (laughs) especially given the fact that it's a single location one-man show the twist is very intense and sends a shiver down my spine. <laughs>
2: spoiler alert. <laughs> there's no spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, no, I agree with Gordon in this case, Joel. We've talked about this before. Okay. And me I- and Michael are always arguing about this. If you say there's a twist, you have spoiled it. Oh,
1: sure. Okay. Yeah, I guess then. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Then there is a spoiler alert. So well, good I- on you,
2: Gordon. It is kind of funny. I get why it's funny, but it, it's also legit. It, it, the fact that a twist exists and now you, the audience, will be waiting for one, is mm. is a spoiler in and of itself. Period. And there is no other way to view that, in my opinion.
1: All right. Well, if yeah, so I, I apologize if uh, the, the spoilers Michael thinks didn't make you can you go ahead. right
2: up to telling what the twist is. Like he can tell you what, what mm-hmm. it, who it involves, where it happens in the movie, and as long as he doesn't ruin it. He hasn't spoiled anything, but I completely disagree. And that's okay. It's okay that you that's know the, that a, that a cheesy Joey Tribbian- one location mystery thriller has a twist. I mean, I That's whatever. the
1: Joey Tribbiani uh, approach to spoilers where you can be like, oh, and that one part with the lady <laughs> in the bathtub when she, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. And,
1: and it's like, oh, you know, uh, all blank and no blank makes Jack a blank blank. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh anyway, so um, I'm with Gordon. Right.
2: Well, that was a well-placed spoiler alert, my friend. Thank, Thank you. Thank you,
1: Gordon. All right, so I'm sorry if I spoiled that. You can uh <laughs> skip back about a minute and then skip forward a minute. Um and, and that know, solves
2: everything. Spin Flows around in everything. a circle, spit, spit. You're good.
1: A little bit of salt. Um all right. Uh next up is the movie Encounter with Rizamed octavia spencer
2: this is a spoiler uh, alert just the fact that it's in this category is spoiler
1: alert <laughs> uh-huh. two brothers embark on a journey with their father who is trying to protect them from an alien threat okay
0: uh-huh okay
2: um, all right uh hmm. i don't know let's say encounter i thought encounter was great riz Ahmed is fantastic
1: He's, he's, uh, but the yeah, fact he is that the the, the synopsis,
2: like you can't even address that without ruining it. It's it is one of those movies where what it what it yeah. is 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 what is the thing, and it's like you can't. Uh, I don't know what to All say. Right, well, it it give me encounter a mommy, mommy. was really really good, and it's good because because Riz is really good because the two kids are good in it. Um. I don't know. Okay. It's it's a, a road well, movie with them. He's trying to protect them from an alien threat. I don't know, I'm just repeating what the thing said. Hey, no, that,
1: that you know that in itself is I mean it's something if we're not going to uh <laughs> uh, you know, if Ryan isn't going to uh, venture into an area that might ruin your enjoyment of this movie, then maybe that's to say that there is plenty to be enjoyed. In Does this Gordon
2: film. say anything about it? Maybe he. That's what some... I'm looking.
1: I, I don't think Gordon has seen this film.
2: Yeah, it's pretty recent. Um, um it yeah. came out like just before Christmas, so
1: yeah, that's I don't too bad because I would have liked that.
2: to hear what he had to say. Something along mm-hmm. the something along the the realms of engaging.
1: I yeah. Maybe the headline would have been encounter. I liked the encounter in the film encounter. Um, No, he hasn't seen it, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, so let's go with that with encounter. The fact that Ryan can't talk about it means that there might, there must be something worth talking about with this film. And, and it's, and he's not going to talk about it because he wants you, our listener our viewer, if you were catching this on YouTube, and if you are, please like and subscribe, um, that there is something worth checking out in this film. So let's just, maybe let's just leave it at that. And then let's move on to, uh, it's, to it's a little an, Eric Battle. It's
2: him and his two sons, and they're on the run throughout the movie. And the relationships, I mean, there are things, I guess I can say, the relationships between them are what make the thing lively. And the way young kids process stuff question stuff Mm -hmm. like it's different than we do and that 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 difference is sort of the central conflict of the thing you know how how do we all stay on the same team in in this rather serious journey that we're on There, i did it without saying anything all
1: right let's move on to eric banna and of course eric banna's nickname has always been the dry (laughs) I don't know. Um, No, the next movie is called The Dry. Aaron Falk returns to his drought-stricken hometown to attend a tragic funeral. But his return opens a decades-old wound, the unsolved death of a teenage girl.
2: Uh, If you know me and you've been following these year-in-review shows for a while, you'll know that at the end of these categories, I either put the awesomest one, in mm-hmm. the list, or I put the super turd that I get to have fun with ripping on, like okay, Red Notice for example. Um, <laughs> the the even though Red Notice, ironically, because Red Notice is like a franchise that's like somehow successfully got started despite sort of sucking. Um, this won't be a <laughs> franchise. Hey, that's one nice mm. thing about your average garden variety mystery thriller is. They don't leave a lot open at the end. Little things, you know. Respect. There's, uh, there's not going to be dry to the drying. There is not going to be. It. T- it's. Uh, it takes place in rural Australia during a really terrifying drought. Like, don't even smoke hmm. a cigarette in this town at this point. That is, that is how bad it really is. When he gets there, it's where he grew up as a kid. He's not gone back. Because there is this haunting incident that reveals itself throughout the film. I won't tell you what it is, but it's, you know, you know from the description and you know, you just know from having watched movies before that that's true. You know, some of the rednecks, they have those in Australia as well, are not happy to see him because of that thing you done did. And, you know, nobody's really saying anything because they all know everything. It's us that Mm -hmm. have to find out what's going on throughout the film. But Eric Bana, man, geez, he's so good. I mean, he, he's so good, and this this proves it. He's I can almost guarantee you, in the wake of this film, you're going to see more of him back in the lead in films. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the hugest films in America or whatever, but you're going to see him back in back in the driver's seat in his next couple movies because he earned it with this one this is a tough role to play because this you want the guy to be the big city guy who's wise he's got some of that but he's he he can he can duke it out with you in a bar fight if he has to but he doesn't want to there's this right. whole you know there's this thing about him that is this very real person and it's really really outstanding um the lady who plays uh, mon Mothma in the star wars prequels. And Rogue One, she's she plays one of his childhood friends that he sort of reconnects with. I can't remember her name. Uh,
1: nah, give me a second. I was looking at Gordon here.
2: Um,
1: do, 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 Genevieve O'Reilly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, fun. I only know her. I only know her for being young Mon Mothma. You know, that's the geek that I am. So, and I don't watch tons of Australian independent features like this one. I do a few, but this one took Eric Bana, frankly, being on the poster for me to go. I'll watch that. And then when I read the description, Joel just read for you, I was like, Ooh, I really, that's going on the list for sure. I got to watch that. Cool. Um, She's great in it. And there's a whole bunch of other, you know, it's solid performances in it. And the mystery solid and the play, it has a unique sense of place. Um, like an Australian movie should. And it's fun. I'm sure it's equally fun for Australians because it's not some exotic, crazy thing, you know? Yeah. The,
1: yeah.
2: You know what I mean? So, I, like, we all win, kind of, from this kind of storytelling. And I, I really, really liked it. The mystery is... It's a double-edged sword of a mystery, and that's always great. There's what's going on right this second, and there's what happened twenty-five years ago. And are they related? If so, how? And mm-hmm. when we think we know, we know less than we ever knew. Just when you think you know, you don't know a thing. Or I don't know. I'm not a marketing guy, sure. but well,
1: you know, you know who ca- you know who can sum it up for us, Gordon. Gordon, mm-hmm. let's have it, buddy. Captivating. The story is very captivating. Two mysterious murders to be solved, and both of them cause ripples in the entire small town. How the past and present intertwine is captivating.
2: <laughs> me and Gordon are like this, dude. It's not just that he's got a poetic way of writing reviews. No, Like, he's spot on agreeing he's with me about on. everything. Even his use of spoilers is, I totally approve. I don't know if we can keep this up. It, he he's sort of no, uh, I, upstaging I, us at every turn here. No, I think Gordon.
1: Gordon is just for the mystery and suspense category. Yeah, I think we need he, to leave Gordon behind here. I mean, he should oh, be doing this, right? We should. God. It should be the it's, movie yeah, show this with Gordon, be the Gordon.
2: Gordon at this point. Yep. It is captivating. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? In, in captivating, he captivating. Used. It is captivating. captivating. Well said, my man. Well, that's. i think that's the movie show with joel and ryan for another week that was that's a pretty good group of films right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah because uh yeah we that that yeah so that'll do it for mystery and suspense um yeah because i don't think we can go on because next week or we can you know it's perfect we can start the show off next week with based on the incredible true story oh boy yeah that's right you know, we're also, you know, do I dare uh, unveil it now as a, as a late show uh, got a extra teaser?
2: Here, why not? Yeah,
1: here we go. Because you know what? We're not just going to have. Based on the Incredible True Story. We're going to also have. Ripped from the Headlines. Yeah, Ripped from the Headlines. What's the difference?
2: Oh. That's your homework assignment for this week, listeners of the movie show go. with Joel and Ryan. What's the difference of Based on the Incredible True based Story incredible and.
1: True story. Ripped from the
2: Headlines there, there is something of a distinction uh, so you know well, I want to thank Balto he, he was a good sport last week um, yes he was I, I would like to thank Phantom of the Opera that was fun I was. I mm-hmm. went to sleep in a really good mood last night that's unusual uh, Gordon and of course we can't, it, we can't we Gordon you did it, Gordon. You're the master, man. I mean, I what am I even doing here? I always think you know, I give pretty decent reviews that are fair and that put the thing in context without ruining it. But Gordon.
1: Um, you know, I think that, you know, remember the uh, for those who watch this video, uh, watch the show on video, the the, the, the video feed of it, um, yeah. the, the our, our little guy on the What Would You Do, you know, that that guy
2: i know do. him very well yeah yeah, yes.
1: yeah What do you know? i think that might be gordon yeah i think he, he might he might be gordon he might be uh, i might have to what do you do? Uh I, I, don't know, I don't know how about I don't know. I don't know i don't know maybe this one yeah maybe maybe uh, and anyway we'll
2: let you know about the future of the ryan verse too as we go forward we'll see there you that. go indeed
1: all right. um all right folks uh you guys uh, as always um we are, you know, we still have a lot of movies to go. We hope you are enjoying our, 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 our saunter, our jaunt through uh, 2021. Um, we're taking our time. Cause you know what? It's COVID baby. It's COVID time still. And, and it's COVID time in the Ryanverse. verse. Uh, you know, luckily we're staying healthy and seeing a bunch of movies. So um, we hope that you will as well. You can reach out to us, ask Joel and Ryan, um, at Ask Joel and Ryan on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and, uh, ask joel and ryan at gmail.com and the movie show with joel and ryan page on facebook and on instagram we are at the movie show with joel and ryan you can find us there and you can watch all of these you can watch us react you can watch our extraneous hand gestures um and uh and all of that and like it subscribe this was there, as good
2: a hand gesture show as we've had in some time actually this would be a good there to start.
1: there has been yeah there's been a few i i think you know part of it for me personally um i can't i the way i have it set up because i wanted to make it look so i wasn't like looking at you like this um i moved you down so i can't see myself so the fact that uh-huh. i can't see myself means that i don't get to be like self-conscious or whatever. you're anything. unencumbered
2: because i, I don't even I, I, look I at you during the show i just stare right at what i'm doing there, i have an well, image to I, protect
1: that yeah, well no and i i've given you know I, that that ship has sailed on me i am yeah, that's how I'm done. Um, all right, folks, that is going to do it for us for this week. Um, and we will happily see you next week. Join us as we
0: continue on.
1: Based on the incredible true story.
0: That's right. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.